Hi, this is your spoiler warning. If you don't want 1994's Street Fighter spoiled, stop listening now. Hello and welcome to Badaptation, where we watch and talk about every theatrically released video game adaptation, their sequels, tie-ins, and whatever else we fancy. I'm your host, Finn, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Guy. Hello. This week, we're watching Stephen D'Souza. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Stephen D'Souza? D'Souza? Souza? Stephen D'Souza? Stephen's Street Fighter from 1994. Let's have a look at that trailer. After seven months of fighting, the civil war in Shadaloo may have reached the turning point. The capital has just fallen. In December 1994, the forces of freedom will face a power-mad dictator in a struggle for the fate of the world. I don't think so. You have to do better than that. Okay. Yeah! Now, who wants to go home and who wants to go with me? glad i already saw the movie because that that didn't really do much for me well i was just thinking to myself uh you know trailers have really evolved in the last 29 years yeah. they've come a long way yeah they've come a long way when um you put big text on saying ken <laughs> <laughs> well that's the weird thing too right because while there's no doubt that probably street fighter 2 at the time was the most popular beat-em-up video game of of all time at the time yeah the like the regular Joe who's not into video games, which there would be many more that weren't into video games back then, looking at that going, Chun Li or whatever. <laughs> Ken, <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck are these people? That's oh, my dad's mate from the pub. Ken and Tim and Gary. <laughs> Just Ken was one that really stuck out to me. It's just, it's just regular. <laughs> they could have at least said Ken Masters, like, yeah, you know, yes. as his surname. And you get as, no, it's just Ken. Yeah, it's just Ken. <laughs> well, I've got a synopsis, which I think will be better than the one that they tried to give us visually. Okay. Uh, so in our second Capcom adaptation, the second best Van Damme plays the second best tall-haired blonde American in fighting games, Colonel <laughs> Guile. In this action movie where various other very well cast and very miscast stereotyped martial artists must foil the plans for world domination. These plans belong to the excellently cast M. Dot Bison, the warlord tyrant of Shadaloo. Along the way, several nonsensical and superfluous references to the Street Fighter video games must be made while the plot happens. 
I'll sum it up for you. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was yeah. pretty accurate. Thank you. Um, spent more time coming up with that than I did yeah, watching I mean, the movie. Yeah, it's been a long time writing that. Uh, that's just, good. just a uh, little shout out for my boy Paul Phoenix from Tekken in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, who's the other person? There you go. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Oh, yep. Um, wow. So again, we're playing the, uh, also the, the other game that we play or that we played the last three times on this podcast, which was, were you alive when this came out? The game? No. The movie? The movie. The movie. Okay. I, I established this last time. Super Mario Brothers was the only one released before I was okay. born. But was I truly living at yeah. the time? Oh, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> oh, I think I was peaking about a month before this came out. <laughs> the ripe old age of one-ish. Okay, yeah. so there we go. So again, we've obviously, I'm a little bit older, and uh, this was a different, this meant and had more significance for me uh, as someone, as a an impressionable 11-year-old boy uh, who used to spend his time many many a pocket money was spent playing, fighting in the streets playing street fighter to the oh. arcade game at the local fish and chip shop uh and lining up the 20 cents on the um uh arcade board so people didn't come and like start a game uh and you know again this is like what we have now is time zones mm-hmm. but prior to time zones there were like kind of legit just random arcades everywhere and uh these random arcades were you know a place where you might go to have your birthday uh you would just go if you wanted to hang out with your mates and you'd all go hey let's go down to the arcade uh if you wanted to avoid girls uh no actually there were some girls there too and and to be like i think that culture does Mm. not exist with time zone like time zone is Nobody cares. Like, not. I'm not saying that people don't go. I go to time zones too, but, like, nobody cares. It wasn't that kind of cultural thing that going to an arcade was for, I said, I guess, young kids at that time. I think I've only seen time zones now. What, that, like, that little cutoff at event cinemas? In, yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, like, there was two places in Dunedin that we went to. One was called Pluto's, one was called Wizards. And mm. literally, people would queue up to play Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition. And there'd just be a row of like six or seven people just waiting for one person to lose. And then they'd line up. And I was one of those kids queuing for Street Fighter 2. So Street Fighter 2 is like my ultimate fighting game. I always liked it more than Mortal Kombat because it is better um, in terms of 2D fighters. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we progressed to 3D fighting a little further on, but yep. Street Fighter 2 was the game. And also at the time, again, back then it was like it really was revolutionary yes like the weather combos the idea of like different characters really having different strengths and you'd have to develop you know strategies to beat certain people with certain characters all of that was kind of new normally like if you got to if you go back like another year or two it's double dragon like it's really yes. super limited so kind of super street uh street fighter but really street fighter 2 kind of perfected this idea and and it was like whoa we're playing something totally different no one's ever seen this type of thing before obviously now it's just a 2d I mean, fighting it, game but it had been done from li- what little knowledge i have of back then um in the old days uh so they there were fighting games yeah. none of them were like the tippy top some of them were very basic in terms of you know even yeah. just the characters and th- they had the the most basic stereotypes. You had yeah. your Bruce Lee character. 
You had your American guy. You had a boxer. You, oh, I guess things really haven't changed too well, much. Well, they didn't. I mean, there was, this was still in the early days. They, but... they, they got there eventually, but every game had those. Yeah. Every game had those same kind of linchpin. Yeah. You need this kind of guy. You need this kind of guy. You need one woman, minimum, maximum yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Well, the weird thing is, too, like, if because I also played Street Fighter 1. Street yeah. Fighter 1 was also at the fish and chip shop before Street Fighter 2. And Which Street was Fight- that, Fish and Chip Shop 2? Uh, <laughs> Street Fighter 1 was shit. Like, by comparison, it's it's almost like someone, like some genius, like some video game, like, um, prodigy came in and was like, you know, some programmer, some designer, I guess, and he goes, I've had a vision of the future. This is what the future of fighting games is. Uh, we're going to take, like, a couple of the characters from the first one, and we're going to rewrite, reinvent, change the gameplay, change the mechanics, we're going to do everything, and it's going to be the greatest game ever, and everyone's like, okay, yeah, that sounds good, and they did it, and it was true, and it really happened. Yeah, every time I hear people talk about Street Fighter, yeah. they mean Street Fighter 2. That's right. Yeah. No one ever means Street Fighter 1. No. No one will ever mean Street Fighter 1. <laughs> but, you know, presumably Street Fighter 1 was successful enough to warrant the sequel, but yeah, yeah the sequel just kind of reinvented fighting games it was this moment and then obviously the movie comes along and a pressurable young 11 year old guy pigden comes in and says oh cool i've got to go see that and the and i and i don't know if i watched the same trailer but i certainly watched a similar trailer so i knew who chun lee was yeah. i knew who he invites i was like oh great you were like it's my friend ken <laughs> yeah i was like yes ken's in there that's great dad we have to go to it um but uh like apart apart from that again it was one of those things just like mario brothers where i was soon to be very very disappointed and very upset and also the thing about the trailer is they show guy like the 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 two kind of coolest movie moments is guy flexing his arm going and he you just see his bicep just popping and you're like yeah. With the American flag. Yeah, with on the American, let's not forget the American flag tattoo of the uh, uh, Belgium uh, <laughs> guy with a, a, a very strong accent that is on not the, at all American. The muscles from Brussels, as they call them. Brussels, America, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I always kind of, right off the bat, I was like, re- like I was like, I get it. Jean Claude Van Damme could do kicks and stuff, so that makes sense. But honestly, was, that's enough to sell me on anything. That's why I like yeah. Jason Statham more than The Rock. The yeah. Rock doesn't do kicks. He doesn't. He can't Jason do Statham kicks. He doesn't kicks. have that flexibility. Kicks are cool. Uh, and and yeah, and that was enough to sell me. But on like some part of my eleven-year-old brain was still like, really? He's really way not American, and isn't Gal like the American GI Joe basically yes. character? Um. So anyway, but that was by the by. But they they show that pump bicep and i was like yeah this is like street fighter and then they also show the flash kicks which yes. was one of guile's uh special moves which he does in the game which you essentially use if you played the original street fighter 2 guile is one of the best characters you essentially use that move 99 percent of the time to win all your matches and so him doing that you, you go it's gonna be just like the game it has to be like the game we've said a flash kick he kind of looks like him and they're advertising the characters, it must be just like the story of the game. And it is not. No, but it I, is not. since I haven't played the game as much, I don't know right. the stories within the game, I have no expectations going in. Right. My expectations are I've seen other fighting game movies, yep. uh, including Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And so 
you know, I've just got that to compare it to. And I, I'm familiar with these characters. I mean, it's it, sure. It's not hard to wrap your head around Ken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking Ken. <laughs> this is one of the worst characters in this. Uh, Ryu was just the same guy, but palette swapped. Yep. In a way. Yeah. Uh, right, he had a good heart. Sure. He had a good heart. You know, and there's the American guy, there's the Chinese woman, there's the dictator man, yep. there's the box. Yeah, you know, like it's everyone can be summed up in one or two words. Absolutely. And so that's about the expectations I had going in. Okay. Plot wise, character depth wise. I don't even know who's a good guy and who's a bad guy in this. Looking into it, turns out neither did they. But no. and with some of the characters. Fucking Van Damme does some pretty shitty stuff. We'll get to that. <laughs> Like acting wise, or just uh, Colonel, everything, Colonel Guile? everything wise, but yes, is uh, like just some of the stuff that he's. Like, I was like, man, this guy's kind of an asshole. But yeah. anyway, yeah. So I, I was more of a. I'd seen the Mortal Kombat movie growing up, and I played Tekken growing up. I was one of those three D fighting game yeah. boys. Two D head. I've never gone Been back gone. to either to Street Fighter or to Mortal Kombat. They've caught up to me. What are you up to? Like Mortal Kombat yeah. ten now? Yeah. Street Fighter. 2 version 24 they're yeah. still they're still banging on about street fighter 2 aren't they like there's uh, street fighter 5 now i think uh, they're about to release street fighter 6 but they're really like they have a very different methodology which is a street fighter comes out mm-hmm. 50 variants of that street fighter yes then the next street fighter yeah. as opposed to and just then, a sequel and then a remastered version of street fighter 2 alpha version <laughs> 3.4 comes out as well oh i gotta get that on the ps5 the best. Which I'm the, still waiting for uh, on my pre-order since I put my 20 cents up at the fish and chip shop too. Yeah. You know? Who's waiting longer? Street Fighter Alpha Street Fighter Alpha 3 to me is the high watermark of Street Fighters. Of all the Street Fighters, if I could just play one for the rest of time, I think it would be Street Fighter Alpha 3. Honestly, that could not be real. You could just be making that up and I'll just you go, yep, know. sure. Yep, Street, Street Fighter 2 Alpha 3. Well, that's the thing. They kind of like that's the, the that's the crazy thing. They they went up to Street Fighter Two. Everyone's waiting for Street Fighter Three, and they go, "Ha We'll go backwards. <laughs> Street Fighter Zero. How about that?" Oh. And then Street Fighter Zero became Street Fighter Alpha, uh, and then they made Street Fighter Alpha One, Two, and Three. I think before they made Street Fighter Three. <laughs> so <laughs> really milking that. But look, if it ain't broke. They just remake it and re-release remake it, it five more times. Exactly. If it ain't broke, remake it. Fuck. <laughs> All right. So how does this movie start off, Guy? Well, uh, look, I think we actually just play the very start of it. Oh, yeah. I believe we go to Universal. And here... It turns into a Street Fighter logo. That is a great logo. That... Like, I really liked the Super Mario logo as well, the big metallic thing. And yeah. That looks sick, man. Now, what's weird about this, though, is, like, the, the Street Fighter writing is similar to the game, mm-hmm. except with this kind of shiny metallicness to it. Um, whereas this world with the little wings, nothing to do with Street Fighter. And oh, it's man. all over this movie. Oh, it looks great. But it's good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's good. But, yeah. you know, already I feel like we're in for a fun time because... Yeah. The Universal's turned into the Street Fighter logo. It's kind of like a ninja star thing. (laughs) Ninjas are cool. Back in 1994. Um, So, uh, yeah, straight off the bat, we kind of get this uh, great kind of, uh, like, they really set up a lot of things real quick. Yes. 
with this news flash about what's going in in Shadaloo. Yes. Which is not a real place. No. It's, it's, it's a made-up place. Yeah, they do that a lot. So then you can have someone who's a dictator of a made-up place without offending someone who's actually from that place. Like, if you say he's from Russia, how are you going to get anybody from Russia playing the game being like, wait, we're the bad guys? Yeah, and I think, too, uh, as we go through these credits, yeah, so now we sort of run into this uh, kind of news report, which kind of establishes that M. Bison has kidnapped a bunch of people and he's holding them up for $20 billion, uh, <laughs> which... That's a lot of 20-cent pieces. That's a lot of money back then. Yes. Um, you know, that is an alarming amount of money back then. Um, and then as we go through these credits, it also goes... <laughs> based uh on the game street fighter 2 also it's based off that particular right, one and i was yeah. like why don't you just say based off the game street fighter the street fighter why, franchise why did you have to specify two specifically probably the same reason all the fans have to specify so you you said it yourself no one is ever talking about the first street fighter it's true you know um but yeah so we we get this crazy sort of like news report uh and and chun lee is the news reporter which i don't remember her being in the game no well i'd argue that chun lee in this movie is basically the protagonist of the movie yeah i'd agree she does so much she's a journalist she's a martial artist she's an acrobat yep even if it is part-time just for the sake of uh you know having a cover and uh, to skip through to the end, she helps saving the hostages at the end of the movie. Well, yes, and like that's a hero. Yeah, no, like she has, she is the most well-rounded character. Yes, uh, she has the most depth. She has a motivation, mm-hmm. which <laughs> Giles doesn't really seem to. Nah, he's just on the leader of the it's army. It's so weird. It's almost like because you know you hear, there's obviously a lot of stories about Street Fighter, and I've read some big Street Fighter uh, movie articles. Oh. And one of them specifically is like Jean-Claude Van Damme was coked out of his brain for the entirety of this thing. And he was very difficult to work with. I've got it here. (laughs) He managed to snort on average about 10 grams of cocaine every day, which equates back then to approximately $10,000 per week. (laughs) Really going through that $20 billion budget. And certainly, certainly sometimes you can see... He he does seem a little uh, coked out. Yeah, it's when he has that funny way of talking. Yeah, it's just he's just a little bit, yeah, Belgian. <laughs> and uh, and anyway, and I just wonder because actually it's all the supporting cast that really push the narrative forward in a lot of ways yeah. and uh, do like the heavy lifting when it comes to like acting. Um, Especially the second build <laughs> of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Raul Julia. Yeah. Well, maybe we should just quickly talk about him. So, Raul Julia is M. Bison. Yes. Uh, people, especially now, because it literally has been almost 30 years, but people would remember him most vividly from the first Adam Family, Adam's Family movies. Yes. Uh, he plays Gomez Adams in them. And, and that's what I remembered him from. So, like, I automatically, I was like, oh, that dude, that yeah. dude. I didn't and- know. People would be more familiar with that recently because yeah. of the release and popularity of the show Wednesday on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of brought that into the uh, the spotlight a bit more. Yes. So, yeah, I think people would be more familiar with him now. Yeah, maybe. And those movies are actually really quite good. Mm. 
unfortunately they're not um video game adaptations so we can never watch them here but yeah they are quite good unless you pay us uh and so you know he's really good in that but also like he actually he was a you know he he was a stage and theater actor his entire career as well classically trained as they classically say. trained absolutely and uh he was also in like a bunch of movies for a bunch of really good famous directors mm-hmm. you know very prestigious films so maybe not big blockbusters apart from his adams family but all super prestigious films um and was known as this awesome actor yeah and obviously you you see this a lot in movies like of video game franchises or, or anything is like they bring one guy who's really a good actor he's actually a good actor yes. he's not an action star no. he's not a something he's an actor mm-hmm. and he's actually good at it yes. and they bring him in specifically to do that to carry the silliness mm-hmm. of the story usually to act around the limits <laughs> of the main person so you usually have the main person who gets Probably the most money, yeah, because they're the handsomest. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then you have, or this... they can do really good kicks, or both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a handsome. I mean, if you wanted someone who could do good kicks, you get a good stunt double, maybe. I guess so. Mm. But um, you know, so he plays M Bison. I would say he's the best thing in the film. Yes, he also, by a he long also shot. didn't have a stunt double. Really? Yeah, I like not for most of the ones. Yeah, you know, even the wire work, he was doing all of that himself. Because he's so tall, presumably. He just really, ins- he insisted on doing it. It's kind of weird because he was just getting over. So he passed away before the release of this film. Yes. And sadly for him, or like, because it is a really, I was trying to think about this. I was trying to quantify this. So this film came out after he died. He passed mm-hmm. away through, a, I think he had a stroke, but it was complications from stomach, stomach cancer. cancer. Yeah. Um. So he'd, he'd had surgery, it had been removed, thought it was all good complications had a stroke died this film came out this is his last film this is arguably his worst film like well not arguably it is his worst film i can't argue with that because this is the (laughs) only one i've seen of it so it's Uh, the worst film i've ever seen um and yet he is really good at it and so on the one hand you have this really great classically trained actor who's been in all these prestigious films in this kind of dud box office bomb pile of shit film mm, box office bomb well maybe not bomb we'll get there uh you know and that's his legacy yes hammy and bison right on the other hand he was the best thing in it and he was really good and if you have any takeaway from this thing you'd be like damn M. bison was a fucking he was the man yeah <laughs> bad guy yeah but a great character yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. and and so it's it's kind of weird to um try and sort of reconcile those two things because i do think it is a great performance he is really good at it he is so much better than everyone else it's oh even better than kylie minogue (laughs) oh well so kylie oh man kylie minogue (laughs) british kylie minogue who almost did an accent for a second there from time to time did an accent yeah when she got any speaking role yeah the the weird also what's weird to me about kylie minogue's casting as cammy so so cammy is like this very sexy uh street fighter character and in fact was brought in as like well we only have one sexy female character in chun lee we need another one so they brought in cammy who's wearing this ridiculous leotard thing and like every move she does is somehow uh sexual in terms of like not the not as in the move but as in how it looks as in the animations it's like she's showing her ass she's doing this she's doing that it's 
it's really obviously there for a certain demographic. Um, 11 year old and fictional <laughs> boys? Maybe a bit older, hopefully. Both, but for, let's just say from 11 to like On the record, 16. I'm saying older than 11. <laughs> but, but anyway, like, and then they pick Kylie Minogue to play her. Mm-hmm. But this isn't sexy 2000s Kylie Minogue. This isn't uh, can't get you out of my head Kylie Minogue. This is locomotion Kylie Minogue. Mm. This is this is neighbors Kylie Minogue. Do you know how she got cast? Uh, I don't. So Stephen De Souza 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 Souza. He was on a plane and he was flipping through a catalog, and he saw her modeling something, and he went, "Oh, I want her in my movie." It's just weird that they unsexified her as they they did everything they possibly could to make her not look great in this. When you're aiming at more at 11-year-old boys, you can't overdo the sexiness. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't. Chan Lee was pretty good. I don't think they played her up for being sexy. Maybe she's... No, but I just just feel like it's just the... I don't know. Anyway, I was just like, man, this is... We needed 2000s Kylie Minogue here. (laughs) This is not what we got. This is definitely not what we got. And even at the time, I was like, Kylie Minogue? Wasn't she in Neighbours? Yeah. <laughs> that, that was my thought as as that age. I wasn't like, oh, wow, Kylie Minogue. So the two main people in the army yeah. are Colonel Guile, who's usually captain, I believe. Yeah, he was never a colonel. Ah, whatever. Um, <laughs> maybe they just wanted him to say it because it sounds I think they, if he was a captain, he couldn't command enough of, the, of his things to do all the crazy shit that he suggests doing in this film. Make him commander guy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that sounds a bit too evil. But So you've got the American flag toting a man from Belgium and then yep. you've got the British flag toting Australian. <laughs> <laughs> Hence me saying uh, some miscast characters perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, but... So yeah, this is the man himself. Looking as imposing as he possibly can. Yeah. And Chun Li's just dropping all these disses at Bison as well. Just this power mad dog, like an evil big dictator man. No one likes you. You go kick rocks, man. Also, we, we you you do have to. So his suit, it says, was done separately, like his costume. Yeah, someone's credited for his for costume, his, and it's the best, and it is the most Street Fighter Two like. But it's also just a, a great bad guy costume. Yeah, like I'm not looking like some of these are definitely oh we've given them a costume because it's what they wear in the video game. Yeah. He could wear something completely different. It looks great in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the step cape flick to me. He does it again later it's on. It's magical. Too. Yeah. Yeah, that's just and one of his things. They use it in the trailer as well. Yeah. They bang on about how bad bison is. And let's just see what he does here just to confirm this. Just challenging people one on one to fights. The hostages that he's taken and kills them <laughs> within about three seconds. And what what I love about that is the first time I was I was like, wait, what, what happened? It looked like he just kind of pie faced him. Yeah. Um. And I think he obviously broke his neck. Yes. Um. Loud crack. But and and I was like, oh, they really had to do that with the sound effect because they presumably couldn't really show the twisting motion no. because it's a PG uh, movie. Yes. And, and so they had to cut it down like so they cut that but then it just looks weird because it's like he kind of half hugs him and then he just falls down dead and you hear this and yeah. it's like uh all right 
That yeah. was my first, but I did enjoy this hand-to-hand combat thing he's got going on. Yeah, just so you don't ever doubt it. Like, so you then, <laughs> you know, you're coming into the last scene. He doesn't do a lot of physically imposing things, you know, fighting-wise, up until, you know, you come to that final scene. So I guess you've got to set up the fact, hey, he's actually good at fighting. He's not just a big bad guy. Um, oh, he's got to kill one more person. Of course. First. It wasn't a fluke. <laughs> <laughs> Another neck broken. No. But don't you want to speak to the world? I mean, play to your strength, and his strength is not talking. The- that bastard bison! I know you like to look at yourself on television, you sick son of a bitch. So look at this. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I just want to talk about this... This exchange. Mm-hmm. Because there's a, there's a lot going on here. Yep. But essentially, Gaul says he doesn't want to talk, and then he goes, no, actually... I want to talk. So I guess he doesn't want to be interviewed, but he wants to talk. And then he proceeds to talk directly to the camera. Yes, which M. Bison is definitely watching, and he knows that from and he's halfway w- across the world. <laughs> he knows that he has, exactly, he has no idea where M. Bison is, has no idea that M. Bison might be watching TV at that time, mm-hmm. no concept of any of that, but he's like, here's a message for you, Bison, and then obviously, rather than do the fingers, he gives him a, if you, uh, yeah. he, he gives him a fist, yeah. fisting, mm-hmm. and then M. Bison, if we sort of continue to play this, he tells him to cut into the feed, right? Yeah, TVs are a two-way medium. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's why we don't actually podcast live, because we don't want you guys coming in and talking th- at us through the TV. Through the TV. Yeah. But this is the weird part. So this guy is filming him, mm-hmm. right? And then somehow he's watching him. He's watching him <laughs> through the camera Fantastic. that is being that is filming him. Yeah, like it's like they're having a Zoom way before Zoom was invented. Yeah, except Zoom was not invented, mm-hmm. and this is impossible. Oh no, there were camera zooms, uh, but there was- there's no TV here for him to see th- this, like. He's like listening to him, looking through the camera. It's insane. That's great. I love that. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. It's four minutes 15 into the movie. Yeah. And already we've been introduced to M. Bison, Colonel Guile, Cammy. He's mentioned DJ. You've seen yep. Zangief, yep. Chun-Li. There's E. Honda. You've seen Balrog. T-Hawk was in the background. That's nine-ish characters. Yeah. Also, I love the fact that the way they introduce everyone as he goes, hey, Balrog, yes, he Honda? <laughs> uh, do we talk like that? Apparently we do, because we need you to know who this person is and in their relation to the Street Fighter game. You are very correct, Guy Finn. <laughs> That's right, Finn. Uh, I am very aware, Finn, that uh, this uh, needs to move the plot forward, so we better say our names. Thanks for introducing me to the audience. <laughs> but yes. Eventually, what ends up happening is Colonel Guile fakes his own death. <laughs> yep. Using Ken and Ryu, yep. whose name they pronounce Ryu in this movie, yeah, throughout. Well, to be fair, I'd do that too. Okay. Well, you're wrong. Yep. And the Street Fighter II, I know, because it actually says it in the game. It goes, Ryu wins. Yes. Yep. And they just got it wrong, basically. They didn't. They, <laughs> afterwards, they went, oh, whoops. <laughs> oh, well. 
and I don't think anyone had really played the games who was in the cast. Yeah. So, yeah, that, and Chun Li then goes looking for. She had a device which she'd planted or something. I can't quite recall. You've just watched this movie, yes. like so. An essentially, hour ago. what's happened is this is like God's big plan: is that he's going to fake his own death, and then he's going to get Ken and Ryu uh, because they believe that you know, Ken has shot Guile, mm -hmm. that Saget will believe that Ken and Ryu are on their team mm -hmm. and lead them because Saget will lead everyone to M. Bison. So was it Saget or Sagat? Oh, Actually, it could I be, it could I be Sagat. I trust you. you no, right. Don't trust me. No, yeah. it could be Sagat. Absolutely. Um, and so essentially, and then they put a homing beacon mm -hmm. on the truck. Yes. Uh, so that's, yeah. And then Chun-Li is tracking something as well? Yes, but we have skipped this uh, part. Ryu and Ken uh, are introduced as characters, yes. and they meet Sagat, mm -hmm. and uh, they're selling him weapons, mm -hmm. um, except these weapons, are, uh, <laughs> these weapons have been intercepted already, and have tennis balls in them. Yes. Um, and they're not real weapons. They're, they're selling fake weapons. Um, and and uh, then they have this sort of uh, little altercation because Sagat is onto them. Also, sorry, if you like there, <laughs> Ken looks so sick. Also, well, he just he looks Ken, he looks very <laughs> Ken looks terrible and nothing like Ken as well. That's what really annoyed me. It's like okay. essentially Ken's hair is like mine, but completely blonde. Yes. With a kind of a bowl cut in yeah. there. So, okay, I'd argue that <laughs> that looks shit. <laughs> what you just described yeah. is shit. Why would you want that? Well, because it's more authentic. Yeah. But, this no, guy just looks so far away from Ken. Okay, so yeah. I don't think he should look like what you described, having a fucking bowl <laughs> a, cut. A bowl cut mullet. with a mullet. Uh, a bowl, a blonde bowl cut with a mullet is Ken's authentic look. He's got to look like Ken. No, he fucking doesn't. He's got to look like a dude. He at least looks like a guy. He does look Instead like of a guy. looking like a cartoon character. Although I, I'm definitely not a fan of this denim uh, shirt uh, and vest combo. I don't think that's working There's for Ken. somewhere in the middle between looking like a... Like, look, look, look at this. Look, he's with his tie. <laughs> looking like a seven-year-old boy dressing up as his dad. <laughs> and then a 40-year-old man cosplaying as a video game uh, character. Bowl, bowl cut Ken. Yeah. Bowl cut Ken. There's somewhere in the middle that is hopefully better than both of those things. Uh, yeah, they should have made a... Have blonde long hair that's just not a bowl cut. Okay, I've seen long blonde hair and some of the other Street Fighter live action stuff and it all looks worse than this. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll get to blanker, I suppose. <laughs> um, Actually, you know what? Pause it there. I've got a new segment. Yeah. It's called Who's Got the Worst Hair? <laughs> <laughs> In Resident Evil, I'm going to go on back to episode yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. In Resident Evil, yeah. I think it's uh, Matt Addison, the yeah. main guy who... Just the, the blah-looking guy. Just yeah. the blah-looking guy yeah. with the PlayStation yeah. 2 graphics here. Yeah. You agree it's him? Oh, I fully agree it's him. House of the Dead, our second episode. Yep. I think it's Simon Simon Redface. Simon Which Red. one's that? He's the one who's the, the one underwear he... model. Who oh, yeah. Yep. His hair's just... I'd agree with that. It looks like he cut it with yeah. uh, knife and fork. Yep. <laughs> uh, Super Mario Brothers Cooper. Oh, yeah. If not just the Goombas. It's not hair, but it just looked like shit, so... Yeah, I I mean Bob Hoskins here not great either in that. What hair? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean Mario was traditionally not bald. He has a hat. You don't know. Um, 
<laughs> no, sometimes he jumps and his hat comes up. Oh, and yeah, he's great. Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm never looking at his hat. Yeah. Uh, distracted. And this, I think it's like a four-way tie. Oh, man. There's a lot of bad hair in this. Uh, Balrog? Just the word, what did they oh, do to him? So I think that he was bald and then they put a triangle bald cat, a bald, uh, sorry, a triangle wig on his hair. Like if he has hair, they've gone so far back. Yeah. That's, that's just cruel. I mean, it, I th- it is kind of what it looks like in it's the like, game. But like getting it accurate to the game, if you're going to make them look stupid. Also, I mean, we, we haven't got to it and I'll get, get to that later actually, yeah. but um, yeah. So I think it's a four-way tie. Balrog? Balrog's here. Blanker? Oh, yeah. If we're just going on here. Yeah. DJ? DJ's here is also bad. And Vega, who has the same hair, but it's thicker. Yeah. Um, but everyone else doesn't look anything like their characters from the game except Vega. Vega looks actually remarkably like his... Uh, I'm not mad at any of them not looking like their characters. Yeah. Because like you, as someone who's familiar with the characters, you can easily identify them all in a lineup and know which one's supposed to be who. If you get someone who looks exactly like them, but then they're a bad actor. Yeah. You know? What do you do there? You just have someone who looks like them just kind of standing there. Yeah, but instead they got people that didn't look like them and were also bad actors. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <laughs> but so, imagine if they were worse. <laughs> so Dalsim is also in this film, and yes. he's been held captive by M. Bison to do experiments and create uh, essentially the ultimate soldier for M. Bison. Yes. Uh, who for be- good. Who, <laughs> who becomes Blanca, right? Yes. And they they are all hanging around, and he's like, "How's it all going with this this thing?" Also, we should point out, and this is actually a key plot point. Yes, that when uh, uh, Guile and M Bison are having their Zoom meeting over the impossible camera connection, mm-hmm. um, at the end of that, Guile goes, "Oh, hey, by the way, Charlie, my good friend, hang in there, Charlie, Charlie, hang on, buddy." We're coming! We're coming! Hang on! And then M. Bison immediately goes, Charlie. Oh, this guy's called Charlie. Let's torture him. <laughs> and it's like, fucking good one, Guile. <laughs> if you had, like, a real close friend, the worst possible thing you could do is out him to M. Bison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what he does, which results in him, this guy Charlie, becoming blank, being transformed into this monster... All because of fucking Van Damme's dumbass comment yes. over Zoom. I think if you'd completely take out Dalsam and Blanca from this movie, it'd be better. Like, none of Yeah, it was completely they, unnecessary. I think it was just they wanted to include every character. In, in, in saying the that, it was probably worth it for this line here. <laughs> See for yourself. Merely educational software. Why does he find it disturbing? (laughs) So, Blank is being fed, people being tortured, people being executed, Mm -hmm. uh, people being hung. Mm -hmm. Like, we're seeing little clips of that. That's what's going into his eyeballs as he's he's being conditioned to become the super soldier to make him full of hate and everything. Yeah, if you fill him full (laughs) of evil... Then yeah, he'll become and Ian Bison's like, what are we watching here? What's what? And he goes, well, take a look for yourself. And he goes, purely educational software. <laughs> I, I don't see the issue. Yeah, oh. What's the problem with this stuff? Just just actual World War II things that they're using. <laughs> Did you know that? Uh, yeah, well, you, I mean, some of that stuff is like, 
it's so small i guess you know like and it goes by very quickly yeah but there's literally a shot of someone being executed there is literally a shot of someone being hung i wouldn't be surprised if this is just stock news footage no one of them's actual execution from world war ii right in this kid's movie pg it's pg PG. so that this was actually (laughs) g-rated yep upon its initial edit and they were scared oh we can't have it being r-rated yeah because then you're going to cut off the main audience they're looking at but you can't have it g-rated because then the older kids aren't going to go see it but when they when they sent it through for classification they went oh that's g they went what do we do how do we make it pg instead of g let's adr in a line where uh jean-claude van damme says the word shit (laughs) four years of rotc for this shit (laughs) <laughs> yeah there's quite a lot of adr in this film oh so much yeah that's, that's it's very like it's like oh this plot is really falling apart we just need a couple of lines here well it was a very haphazardly put together movie i'll get into that after like once we kind of go okay. through the actual movie itself but there's a lot to talk about of the uh behind the scenes okay um on. so the only street fighting in this film is there any no, there's none. But the closest <laughs> thing, the closest thing to street fighting is Ryu and um, uh, Vega are scheduled to. Uh, oh yeah, they're about to. They're about to have a legit street fight. Yes, and well, cage fight, a cage fight. But yeah. you know, you and near a street. I think as a kid, I was like, here we go. They're all going to have to go through this tournament, and it's somehow going to tie back to M. Bison, and then they're just about to start fighting, and then, and, and then. Guile busts through in a tank. Here's fucking old mate Guile to Your ruin mate. the film, essentially. Ruin what would have been the, the actual Street Fighter movie. You're all under arrest. Thank you very he's, much. He's arrested everybody in the movie. They're all under <laughs> arrest. And none of them fight it. They go, oh, okay. I guess that's us. <sighs> also, a bit that was about to play. He, so, you hear... Good morning, Shadaloo. So the movie that Good Morning Vietnam was based on, so it's based on a real guy. Yeah. That's the guy. Doing Good Morning Shadaloo. Yeah. A nice little... Yeah. Get that guy to do it. What a nice little payday for him. wonder how much he charges for you. No, not bad. Be a couple of grand. Easy for that. Can we afford him for this? Mm, I don't know. So Guile has... Faked his death using Ken and Ryu to trick Sagat into thinking that they're bad guys like him. That they'll, tr- so Sagat will trust them within his group to infiltrate M Bison's army. Yeah. Meanwhile, he also thinks Guile's not a threat anymore because he's dead. Yeah. And Chun Li's investigating something. She enters the mortuary or the morgue. Yep. And. She hears like a beeping. Yeah, she's following this tracking device. Yeah, a nineties tracking device, um, similar technology to the two-way TV. Yeah, and she manages to find Guile just lying there, fully in his uniform. What was he waiting for? What? What? Uh, that's what I didn't understand. He's just going, so Guile, find me. Guile is just lying in the morgue. You know, he's faked his death. Um, you know, Chun Li's trying to figure out where the signal's coming from, mm-hmm. and and presumably it's it's coming from him. Yes. Um, and then he just pops up. So he was just lying there waiting for someone. 
still wearing the squib even that he used yeah. to fake the uh, and then he just sits up and it's like why would you even do like just say that she did arrive there mm-hmm. wouldn't he just be like yeah hey chun Lee, i've been waiting for you like why but, would but he also, have to lie on the thing and also he doesn't like her actually because yeah. she's a journalist and he uh it's it's clarified by cammy that he doesn't hate women he hates journalists <laughs> he doesn't like women does he oh no no he doesn't like journalists I assure you it's an equal opportunity dislike. Because <laughs> John Lee thinks he's being sexist and she goes, no, 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 no. And for the audience at home, he's not a misogynist. He just yeah. doesn't like journalists. Which uh, I thought was quite funny. It's great. We do just have to point out Guile's hair here. Now, Guile is famous for having this kind of like sort of mo- giant mohawk-esque flat, flat top sort of thing. Yes. Like it's kind of like a combo. Like it's really high, but then it's flat on top. Mm-hmm. Now you can see why they chose not to do that for this. A- yes. a- again, I was very disappointed at the time. At the time, sure, but can you imagine <laughs> if he it was would sitting be there insane? And he just had a massive, like, <laughs> foot tall. Yeah, it flat would be, it would be so ridiculous. But like at the time, I was like, "This is bullshit." <laughs> I don't even think you have to make him blonde if you're putting him in all this army fatigues and making him Belgian. Well, what's funny to me is that. Even how they erred on the side of what I will now confess is uh, sensible. Mm-hmm. Um, they still fucked up his hair because, like, I would say, like, 50% of this movie, it's kind of orange. It has this kind of orange ginger tint to it. Like it does here. Yeah. It's very inconsistent. And, and then sometimes it looks, like, actually okay. But, like, there's some where it's just, like, really orange. And it's like, okay. you know. And I've, there's... There's somewhere it looks like a reshoot where he went, no, don't touch my hair. <laughs> <laughs> You're not dying my hair orange anymore. Yeah. And so that comes to this speech. So Chun-Li has just announced the death of Colonel Gile on M. Bison's personal two-way <laughs> this is, TV. This is the weird thing. M. Bison is watching TV 24-7. Yes. 24-7. It's just on mate. everywhere. It's like he's just got this thing and he's like, anyway. And it leads into this fantastic monologue from Raul Julia outlining the motivations of M. Bison. That's great news, General. Congratulations. On the contrary, I mourn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was hoping to face Guile personally on the battlefield. One gentleman warrior to another in respectful combat. Then I would snap his spine. Ah! The road not taken. But why? Why do they still call me a warlord? And mad? All I want to do is to create the perfect genetic soldier not for power not for evil but for good Carlos Blanca will be the first of many they shall march out of my laboratory and sweep away every adversary every creed every nation until the very planet is in the loving grip of the Pax Bisonica. And then peace will reign in the world. And all humanity shall bow to me 
in humble gratitude. As we pull back to Bisonopolis. And you know you're a good guy when you've shaped your dream city with a skull. (laughs) A a, a Nazi-esque skull. Yeah, not surprising (laughs) with, you know, how you, what you base a cartoonish villain dictator on. You go for the big one, don't you? Well, what's crazy about, I'd love that speech too. He's so good. He's so good. Also, just if you play a little bit more of it. That was beautiful. Zangief. Zangief with the comedy. He knows. Yeah. And then the old double take. Mm? Yeah, yeah, always funny. Now, I did also want to sort of uh, single out this next little bit because we get into, um, so essentially, um, Chun-Li's plan here Mm -hmm. is to blow up this tent area. Yes. With uh, M. Bison in it. Yeah. But there's a uh, spanner in the works. That spanner being the her video that she's created to warn everyone yes. that there is that she's gonna blow up the tent. Yes. Hey, look out. I'm going to assassinate you in 30, <laughs> 29, 28. And not only does she make that video live? You know, it's like a live broadcast um, <laughs> while performing ventriloquism. She, she, so yeah, she pre-recorded this video, right? I don't think so. I think it's supposed to be live. Well, let's just, I just here we go. So this, so if you want to kill someone mm-hmm. and you want to blow them up, yeah, the worst thing you could do was would be to tell that person of your intentions beforehand. Yes, but part of her plan is to either broadcast this live or pre-recorded tell them of this plan yes. before this explosion. Mm-hmm. Good, just wanted to... Bison the God. All your weapons of death are going to be blown sky high. <laughs> Not 80 yard. Ventriloquism, mate. <laughs> Happy landing. Quick, change the channel. Evacuate at once. So they killed no one with that. And Zangief was the MVP. Oh, absolute that's MVP. Yeah. Gave me a huge stuff. laugh. That's great stuff. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> There's also earlier when chun reveals herself to Ken and Rio when she tricks them into following them and whatnot and yeah. getting them in her plan. She, she jumps out of this little box and she's like trying to threaten them with a knife. And she kind of just like accidentally just 
hits them all with this really blatantly rubber knife. <laughs> I must have, I, I guess I kind of <laughs> missed that. Yeah, 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 I guess they, they must have just used the wrong take or only done one take. And only gone, did one take. Yeah. <laughs> In a hurry that day. Yeah, just gone, hey, just stabbed him a bunch of times by accident. And then, oh, well, it's, it's fine. It's a fake knife. Now, we are coming to some of my favorite parts of this film. Oh, just now. <laughs> <laughs> so, E Honda and Balrog, the sumo wrestler, the Hawaiian sumo wrestler yep. and the American boxer, yep. are being tortured. They've been, they've they've been, been captured, captured yep. by M. Bison and being tortured by him. Like when I first watched that, that I just missed it. Yeah, me that, too. Yeah, it's a funny little line, and yeah. that little detail, like, of he's able to, like, be somewhere else mentally, yeah. so he doesn't, you know, endure pain. Re- yeah, he doesn't register the pain at all. Like, that's sick. Yeah, that's a cool little detail. Yeah, is that something taken from the games? Was it? No. Um, I guess you can't really fight back if you're somewhere else, can you? Well, yeah. I just, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Mm. Was that a hand job joke? Yeah. And then I had to go back and I was like, oh yeah, that's a flat out hand job joke. But also like the way that it's played, E Honda is not joking. Oh no, he would definitely do it. Well, what he was saying is that he's like, look, I can't do that right now. It's a bit too early in the piece for that, but I will, but maybe next month. Mm. But it like, it didn't appear that he was joking because he hadn't seen this chain that he was asking because it actually... Balrog is asking him to take the chain. Yeah. Right. But And then you see his reaction is like, oh, the chain you're talking about, mm. not jerking you off. Oh, I see. <laughs> no, I think he's playing it all for laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> I feel like it was legit like, nah, I can't, I can't jerk, jerk you off, but maybe in a month we'll talk about it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, good, good stuff in a PG film. Mm, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, so, so, so that was a, a highlight for me. Yeah. Um, Speaking of good stuff. I think the main event of this entire oh, movie in terms of quality. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene people reference yes. of, in this yes. movie constantly. Yes. It's like the scene with yes. the line of the entire movie. And it's just to give it some context. So Chun-Li in her Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition red attire <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> is now a hostage of M. Bison. Uh, and she recounts for him the story of how his forces were chased off her father's farm by mere citizens, mere peasants, just, you know, farmhands. 
However, it must have hurt M. Bison ego enough because uh, M. Bison himself had her father killed from a thousand meters away like a coward. And his rebuttal is as follows. I'm sorry. I don't remember any of it. You don't remember? For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. So good. That's so cold. <laughs> so good. And it's so funny because I originally didn't realize, so I didn't realize that this was part of this film. You oh, know, right. like, so you knew the quote. So I, I've literally used that quote multiple times to, you know, sum up something inconsequential to myself. Uh, I've heard CM Punk say it in a promo with the MGA, uh, MJF. I've heard Kenny Omega say it. And I was like, yeah, it's such a great line. So and then, iconic. And then, you know, similar thing with Paul Heyman to JBL. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and not this, knowing, this is the, assuming, mm. at least the popularized genesis of it. Yeah. And he does it so well. Yeah. It's fantastic. Brilliant. Amazing highlight. Make probably just that whole bit and Chun-Li's bit prior to that as well, because she's so on her high horse about the whole thing. Yeah. And her, like her reactions to it are just yeah. like, well, you know, you don't remember. Yeah. And then her reaction when yeah. he says, oh, you know, it's just another bloody day for me. <laughs> and she, she's just like, oh, you're a, you're a dick. <laughs> you're actually not a nice guy. I thought I was killing a guy who was okay, but turns out no bad guy. Um, Pure evil. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should also just point out, like, um, these outfits. Mm-hmm. So what happens in the is essentially Ken and Ryu, because they are, seem like they're still... It's Ryu. Ryu mm. Still seem like the bad guy. Who's uh, on their high horse now? It's so, me. So seem like the bad guys. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so they're... Fr- so M. Bison is like, sure, we trust you. Yeah. You can work for us The now. plan worked. And... So the, they go into this thing and they go, thought we'd dress you up like uh, military M. Bison men. Yeah, the military. And they dress them up in karate geese, yes. which prior to that, no one has ever dressed as as an M. Bison military man. Mm. Do they mean maybe just the training for the military? I mean, I don't know the exact line that he uses, but it could just be, you know, that's what they're sparring and that's what they're practicing in. Yeah, I was just kind of like, wait, what? Um, yeah, because no one else is wearing that except in this little training bit. Mm. And anywhere else in that facility, they'd wear military gear. Yeah, you know why they have to have crappy little scenes like that? It's because uh, of fans <laughs> like me. Fans like you who go, they're not wearing the right thing. Well, <laughs> I also want to comment on the size of, uh, maybe I can go back to it. Uh, oh, this worries me. <laughs> just everyone in this Street Fighter film is in good shape, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone except Ken and his skinny little arms. Well, also, if you see some of the extras in the uh, Allied Nations Army, there's just some dudes. But it's just... like, really, Ken? You're not going to look like Ken, and you're not even going to make any attempt to look remotely jacked for this? They spend all their jacked budget on... Jean-Claude Van Damme. I guess so. You don't and have Zangief. A... Yeah. 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 But it's like, yeah, those skinny arms weren't doing it for me. I was like, come on. 
Ken's got muscles. If he does, if he does the old flex for you, it ain't gonna. Nah. nothing's flexing for you when he nah, flexes. Not at all. Ah, that's un- that's unfortunate. Um, if only he had have had a bowl cut and a muller, then I you know. could have got a hard on for him. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Now let's just skip ahead to so. Basically, what happens after this is actually Chun Li does kind of kick his ass and catch him by surprise because she's the hero of the movie. Yep. she's the only one that is you know able to go one on one with him. Really, at- yeah. And um, then they all sort of get captured. Yes. Uh, and it's and it's basically up to um Guile mm-hmm. to come through in his stealth jet boat. Yes. Yes, his stealth jet boat. From the games. Uh, I think that's from Street Fighter 2. That's why everyone loves that one, because of the stealth jet boat. uh, And so I did just want to play this bit because it seemed completely insane to me that on his jet boat, this could be a thing. And so they're uh, they're heading towards the big base on Mm -hmm. the stealth jet boat. Yeah. And I think I'll just play it from here. So, <laughs> just a touching little tribute so, to his mate. Hey, remember when we used to sit at that table with those two random women that were there on the day? So, again, we just need to put this into context. On Jean-Claude Van Damme Guile's stealth jet boat, yes. he has a TV. Yes. That is not just a TV, no. not, like, not just a regular TV, mm-hmm. but it plays high 8mm tapes. Mm-hmm. And he himself, Guile, likes to carry around a high 8mm memento tape of a home video when he filmed, or someone filmed, it wasn't actually him. A fifth person. A fifth person filmed him having a laugh Mm -hmm. with his friend Charlie. Yes, a well-acted, natural get-together. Completely... Uh, <laughs> spontaneous get together. I think one of them was even guffawing at one point, not just having a laugh or a chuckle. And Guile decides, while driving his stealth boat into enemy territory, that this would be a good time to play this video to remind himself and reminisce about his good friend, Charlie. <laughs> God, he looks like shit, doesn't he? He looks so bad as Blanca. I think, yeah, it was just... It looks so wrong, like, all everything. I don't think they had a choice. They had to include him. Like, speaking of skinny little arms, he's supposed to be a big, humongous... Well, he's supposed to be, like, bigger than Zangief, isn't he? Like, well, huge. no, he's probably... Well, Zangief-esque size. No, he's not quite as big as Zangief. Are you any smaller than Zangief? He's smaller than Zangief. Oh, okay. But Shame. the weird part is that they have increased his muscle mass. It says it specifically by over 74% was the last time we checked. Mm-hmm. And his muscle mass has not... Inc- like, he's not... Don't get me wrong, he's muscular, but he has his muscle mass hasn't increased 74%. No. <laughs> the mass is not ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not realistic. No. Maybe it's all gone to his hair. That's definitely <laughs> yeah. increased. I was just looking at Blanca on his hair. <laughs> but this is the bit where Dowsom inputs Blanca with good things... Like Martin Luther King's speech. 
You see, because he's only seen bad things. He's only seen death and destruction. Yeah, but if you see... Uh, Martin Luther King's Martin Luther... I Have a Dream speech. Yeah, if you look at... Uh, that will make him back. So he was like 70% bad, and yes. this will bring him back to 50-50. 50% good, 50% evil. You just have to listen to that speech. Just like us. Exactly. Yeah. If, you, if, if anyone out there listens to the Martin Luther King speech, if they're feeling about 70% evil, mm-hmm. if you just have a listen to that speech again, it'll bring your evilness down to an even split. Yeah. Or um, little boys running in a field. Yep. Or... <laughs> Is that, was that the that other thing? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Caucasian heterosexual weddings, <laughs> specifically. <laughs> Those are the good ones, according to Street Fighter in 1994. <laughs> because the Blanca Dalsam stuff sucks and shouldn't be in here, eventually Dalsam shaves his head so he looks like the character from the games. It's yeah, never right explained. at the end. It's never explained. You know why? Because it doesn't matter. Who cares? So this is where M. Bison is sort of like, cool, I'm going to blow these guys out of the water with my special control panel. Oh, yes. Yeah. So he has his um, specially made control <laughs> panel, um, which is in there purely to be a cool reference for fans like you. That's right. To blow up the boat which was as you called it a stealth jet boat yep and guess what it wasn't what stealth not really no because he just went oh there's yeah. a there's a stealth jet yeah. boat better now blow them up better blow them up real slowly on my floating platform so what i love about this moment of the arcade stick reveal mm-hmm. is that they have concealed these arcade sticks the so, whole movie so that it is a reveal until we arrive oh, we do the, the cape flick he does first, the cape flourish and then as well. bam a big old close-up of the arcade sticks and it's like oh yeah so essentially what's happened is that um <laughs> m bison has decided the best way to uh blow up people coming near him is to uh use an arcade panel yeah. for for sort of the sort of maximum maximum accuracy yeah this is like so he's playing a video game, basically. Of blown up, of blown up a boat. Ma- a magical moment, I thought, of the reveal of the arcade six. Because there's not that. It, the, well, there is obviously a lot of references to the thing, but I felt like that was just pure genius. Mm. You know. Yeah. <laughs> was it? This is. I think this is the problem. This is why video game movies are not good. Is because they go to just make a movie loosely based on it, yeah. and then people go. There's not an. How do we know? How do we know it's from the game? I don't know. And so we've got to just add in references. Hey, remember this is from a video game. Remember that thing that you like? Well, this is this is related to that. Just don't you know? Yeah. Just make the movie good with loose connections to the source material, and you should be alright. You don't have to include every member of the roster of the fighting game that you're basing it off. You really they don't. Re- they really they really tried though. Yeah. Mainly because they were forced to due to the negotiations from Capcom. And speaking of the these these sort of special moments, these these thugs, these innocent thugs. Uh, Honestly, this is the first time I'm seeing elephants in this movie. When the fuck did this happen? <laughs> so so <laughs> they think they hear something in the bushes, yeah. and they're right. They hear an elephant. They hear two elephants. And I then ge- I genuinely don't remember this part. <laughs> when were the elephants? The, the the elephant. Oh, don't worry, guys. It's just the elephant. Is that a reference? Are the no, elephants? In yeah, a, there are. In a, well, there, there's elephants in Dalsam's background. So it's probably that. So anytime I see something like that, that's out of place, and something where I'm not 
super familiar yeah. with all the ins and outs of the source material. And if I just say, oh, the fuck is that in there? I assume it's a stupid reference for the sake of making a reference. If that, I mean, that one, who cares? If it was tiger, you know, it doesn't matter. If it, if it was any animal, it doesn't matter. But the fact that it was elephants specifically, yeah. I was like, okay. Normally that would be, you know, it could just be the wind. Well, that's the thing. It, normally you hear a, a, a twig snap, they yeah. turn and they see nothing. And yeah. then they get a fright from the real person yes. who's snuck up on them. In this case, they were distracted by a real giant elephant. Yeah, uh, because they they are very good at sneaking up on things, elephants, famously. Yeah. yeah. With their dainty little feet. And then I, I do love how, you know, these kind of pop out of nowhere scenes. Like, mm-hmm. God just kind of pops. He just pops into frame of camera. Yeah, yeah. If you're There's not, no geography. Oh, that happens so There's much. There's no geography. There's so much he could at that. least just come from behind a tree. Like, we could see him, like, anything. But okay. it's like he's literally teleported into the close personal space Mm -hmm. and it's like throwing kicks everywhere off camera out of world that's how it works (laughs) and like even in really famous movies like there's jurassic park for instance the t-rex shows up out of nowhere and saves the day yeah how the fuck does it get into that building that's a great question and also completely quietly that's a very valid question doesn't matter yeah it it doesn't matter if you're looking for plot holes like that in movies then you either this story hasn't enveloped you enough or you never really cared to begin with. Now, yeah. speaking of things just for the game, uh, or fans of the game, uh, this little segment here, which is where... So, sorry, when you say for people that are fans of the game, you mean people that are fans of the game, but not for good movies. Well, look, we are all dreaming... <laughs> okay. You didn't say no straight away, so that's a yes for no, me. No, <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, like, you know, sadly, you know, if you're <laughs> if you're sort of following along with us, Right. Our mission here is to talk about, you know, movies Mm -hmm. uh, adapted from games. Yes. That's what we do. Yes. That is our sole purpose. Yes. Right. We can't do anything else. We can. I mean, we can, but we, we, (laughs) these are the rules we've set out for us. Yeah. And within that, they've allegedly just released the best video game adaptation of all time. The Last of Us. Oh, sadly, allegedly. Okay, no, we won't spoil anything. No spoilers, One, but this I've is just seen, the reviews. I've only seen half an episode. Yeah, this, this is just. I haven't seen it, but okay. this is just reviews. But essentially, what they're saying is like, hey, they've finally beat the video game curse. And sadly, we can't watch that because it's not a movie. Well, we TV, can. It's a TV series. It doesn't count. But we can if we want. I know, but. I mean, it would I be breaking the, int- the rules. No, it wouldn't be. It I would say, be. And whatever else we fancy. I know, but we it's can just review kinda... if. It, so we can't watch good things. EastEnders. Like, we can't it? just talk about how good something is. Dora the Explorer. Um, we can do literally anything. That's the rules. If we want to do The Last of Us, if you want us to do The Last of Us, message me once. <laughs> Not do it. One of you messages no, me. Well, it's a big commitment. It's like 10 episodes. How are we, we going to break that? It all up. I guess so. Yeah. I think it's do a big wrap up. But yeah, speaking of this, uh, this is Cammy. Now, I don't know if you caught that, because I didn't the first bunch of times I watched it. Or a very slow victory roll from her. Yeah, real slow victory roll, where it kind of looks like she kind of plants herself on her head in a like not good way for her. Yeah. But she also, ADR, says, I believe, thrust kick? Thrust kick! Yeah, one of her special moves. As she kicks the dude. That's a thing that they do in Street Fighter. 
And they do it in other adaptations too. Absolutely. There's a Japanese hurricane but, kick thing. I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to try and butcher it, but they say it every time. But it's just, Even in these live action but, but adaptations. But the thing is, like, in all the other fighting, both now and later, mm-hmm. no one say, like, yeah. no one says Haruken. Well, nobody does one. But she specifically says thrust kick here. Yes. Because that's in English, for one. <laughs> Uh, or maybe they filmed this one first. Yeah. Well, no, because they ADR, because she doesn't actually say anything. She's oh, like yeah, this. True. And then it goes, thrust kick! <laughs> Famous like, British through, accent. Through, closed, through a closed mouth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but, but anyway. But, that- like, I've seen some snippets of other live action Street Fighter things, and they say Hadouken every time. They say Shoryuken every time. And it's like, you don't have to do it just because they do it in the games. Mm. You can adapt something from the games without just copying what they do from the games. I think that's where they fall over is they don't, they take, say, the names of the characters from the source yep. material or features and settings and stuff, Super Mario Brothers, or they go too, too faithful. Mm. They try to go too faithful. Mm. I only took two minutes to think of that. Yeah, I'm genuinely going to cut out that. That's me good. thinking of the word faithful. Too faithful to the video games. Yeah, because the video games are super unrealistic, and they're trying to build it in a world that is more realistic. But they, they, it seems to me certainly the case with this, certainly the case with Mario Brothers is, yeah, they say, look, we can't just do the game because that'd be silly, mm-hmm. especially on a live ac- action contents. So we'll build a new and different world. But the new and different world is worse than yes. the crazy out there world that they've moved away from because yeah. it's too crazy and out there. Yeah. So that again, I keep saying healthy middle, <laughs> healthy middle, healthy middle. So I did just want to play this another magical moment from M Bison. I mm-hmm. forget, I just couldn't, uh, you know. So so this is where he's bombing the boats. Ah oh, yes. Um, I guess you didn't see that video. <laughs> He mocks less able-bodied people than himself. <laughs> That's he's really evil. This guy, yeah, he's really bad news. I'm going to assume the vo- he did a, like a little thing with his voice uh, yeah. as well. I mean, hey, I did a voice earlier. I'm not going <laughs> to. That's why I'm not jumping in on this okay. one. <laughs> I imagine that him having his eye, or not having his eye, yeah. is probably his fault. Yeah. He probably got himself into that situation. I don't have any sympathy for the guy. Is it? Yeah, it just six Saget burn just in the middle yeah. of this. Got him. <laughs> Fully got him. I'd, you need DJ yelling that out. <laughs> yeah, in the got background. <laughs> so, Guile has infiltrated. Mm-hmm. They've blown up the boat, but they yep. got out beforehand. Yes. And now they've infiltrated M. Bison's, like, like, Headquarters. Mayan temple sort of thing. Yes. <laughs> Where he lives. I don't like the exterior and interior don't match at all. They, they don't. Don't worry about it. Okay. So he's in now. He's infiltrating. He's sneaking about. Guess who else is sneaking about? Is, is, is it Blanca? Yeah. I'm genuinely guessing. I it forgot. Is, it is Blanca. Okay. I'm, I've completely wiped everything yeah. to do with Blanca. Yeah, from as as you should. There's a pun in there. Yeah, can't figure it out. Yeah. Charlie, it's me. 
I'm your friend, William. Uh, William. So I do just want to pause that right there. That's the entire scene. That's it. Because all well, it is, he just goes, hey, no, I'm actually your friend. And he goes, oh, I guess I'm not evil anymore. Well, but the biggest problem I have with this is that Guile recognizes him. This guy is green. Yes. He's got orange hair. Mm-hmm. His facial structure has changed. Yep. He doesn't sound like he used to as Charlie. He's, his muscle mass has grown 73%. 74. <laughs> so there's no... I just don't understand how he's like... Charlie it's the eyes guy it's the (laughs) eyes you're not paying attention did you not look at the eight millimeter footage and the thing he was carrying around it's just there's no way you recognize you call yourself a fan you don't recognize the eyes of carlos (laughs) blanca from street fighter 2 alpha 3 come on You you can't call yourself a fan if you don't recognize those baby blues it's impossible that he would recognize them but then this, too. <laughs> He's like, Oh, yeah. I'll my- help you. I'll blow your fucking head off, you, you, you creepy mutant fuck. <laughs> I just blow your fucking head off because you're different now. That's good. I don't actually have to play the clip of him <laughs> saying that because you got it word for word. <laughs> and then, rightfully, Dowsum interrupts. He goes, Hey. I'm going to shave my head now. And he says, you have no right. And it's like, yeah, you do have no right. Just because this guy's been tortured Mm -hmm. um, and deformed uh, and uh, sort of taken on this different look, don't kill the man. Well, no, he's He's still 50% good. He's just like Bison. He doesn't like people who are... Kyle only sees things in black and white. He doesn't um, see things in green and orange. But but, yeah, he uh, he was really determined to just kill his best friend that had been really hanging out to reconcile with there. Well, I really like video games that have nothing to do with gun violence. Just bring guns into it. That's fun. I like it. It makes It's for children. Yeah, it's for children now. Yeah. Um, if your friend changes, shoot them in the fucking head. Yeah. If he changes a little bit. Yeah. If he looks different, if he's been in an accident <laughs> and he's been hurt. Does your friend look different? Not to, to what, what to what you remembered. <laughs> no, no. Does Has your, he dyed his hair? Does your friend look different to you? <laughs> Has he got orange hair? <laughs> if your... so, <laughs> if so, uh, assassinate him it's immediately your... when you meet back up with him. It's not all of that combined. It's just the orange hair thing. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, that's what he yeah. was. That's what he was upset about. Yeah. Uh, and, you know. And to know. be fair, <laughs> that hair is uh, assassination worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just for context, Blanca has obviously escaped. Mm-hmm. And then where he was in this underground chamber, <laughs> M. Bison is going to bring him up through a level yeah. up to kill all the hostages. Yeah, as like a show of, look what I've been working on. Look, yeah. my project's just yeah. here. My, my super soldier's here. But obviously Blanca's not there anymore. And somebody has taken his place. Mm. Is it Dalsum? (laughs) (laughs) The physics of that. 
physics are amazing. So he's just flown out of there. He's he, he's he jumped in about this, ten meters from a standstill like from position. a jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his vertical leap. That is Guile's vertical the leap. Horizontal leap. Hor- on that. Horizontal slash vertical leap. Yeah, <laughs> he can propel himself. It's like just a massive. I was just like, mm. that's cool. I mean, yeah. He must have borrowed one of those um, springboards from House of the Dead. I think they just. And they really did. I mean, that, there's no other answer than there was a spring, a House of the Dead springboard in there. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, really, they're gonna go there? Okay. So the remainder of this is. Do you have any more though? I I don't. The remainder of this is there's some fights. There is some fights. There's a great moment where um, Zangief and E Honda are fighting, and they're filming. Uh, uh, like it looks like. They're fighting through M. Bison's model replica yes. of Bisonopolis, yeah. and they add in some Godzilla uh, sound effects. While the Japanese guy watches on surveillance. Yeah. The Japanese guy, do you remember his name? No. Sawada. So he's in this movie yeah. for reasons that I'll get into later. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I actually do have to skip to one more bit, though. Okay. Um, which has haunted me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the past 30 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, uh, this, right, this, this seems the, important. This is the thing yeah. that was like the memory ingrained since I watched this originally. Yes. This moment. Okay. Uh, and I didn't really remember anything else of the film except this single moment and what at the time sort of encapsulated my hate for this film. Ooh. So this is where... Ryu and Vega are fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not in the street. No. But in some locker rooms in this underground uh, bunker uh, M. Bison thing. Yeah. With um, M. Bison stickers on the on the lockers so you know the lockers are also evil. Yeah. Um, Dickhead Ken to the rescue. Hell yeah. And he's also in red because he's evil. <laughs> not on purpose. It's just not great. Notice that... Um, uh, Ken tears off his M. Bison tag. Mm-hmm. Ryu, being jacked in a much better shape, just tears off his whole shirt. Well, he's got something to show, doesn't he? Yeah, not these little, as uh, Hulk Hogan would say, buggy whip arms <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that uh, Ken's rocking in this film. Yeah, these fights are so crap. Yeah, it's just I don't think there was many good fight scenes in. English-speaking movies in 1994. Was that it? Yeah. What was... Is that supposed to be a Hadouken? Yeah. But it was more of just a thrust. Ha don't <laughs> Fucking do that. So this is the... This is the like, I... I that went, haunted you? Yeah, because... I really thought it was going to be something more significant. Because, see, we're now in the third act, the climax of this film. Mm-hmm. And as a kid... I'd been waiting this whole fucking film for it to be good. Yeah. And I was like, well, when they get to the finale and the fighting, it's going to be good. Because that's where we're going to see the street fighting, right? And this is 11-year-old you. This is 11-year-old me. And I was like, they're going to pull out all the moves because I saw a guy do the flash kick in the trailer. Yeah. So this is when we're going to see all that stuff. Yeah. And I saw that and I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? A fireball. You call that a fireball? Wait, was there even a fireball? No, that's the thing. Oh, right. They, they, you saw a flash. 
I didn't even catch it. Exactly. Okay. You saw a flash and you heard an electrical sound effect. And you saw him do this. Yeah. And then the guy falls over. And not only that, after he falls over, he kips right back up. The and fireball then, didn't do shit. And then he does what looks like is supposed to be one of his signature moves and completely just to nothing. Yeah. Just to do it. Yeah. Completely misses him. Not even close. And as soon as I saw that fireball, like that's when I checked out of this movie at 11. Yeah. Because I was like, nah, man, you've betrayed me. You couldn't, like, you, that's your fireball. There's no sonic booms. There's no nothing. Nothing's happened in this. All these fights have been crap. All these characters are crap. Everything about this is wrong. And now you want to throw in a pretend fucking fireball where you don't even see the fireball? Come on. So 11-year-old you would have been satisfied if at the time you had the resources to go on YouTube and just watch someone do all the moves of Ryu. I probably would have liked it better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And when and, I was 11, I probably would have liked that yeah. more too. And, and look... I took that memory with me and I used to, because obviously I'd watch Street Fighter. I used to talk about Street, we all talked about Street Fighter, the movie. Yes. And I was like, can you believe that fucking fireball? Half the people were like, what fireball? Yep. Because that's exactly what it is. It is Mm. a what fireball. Uh, But I was like, no, they did the, they tried to do a fireball. And obviously we couldn't all watch it back either because it's one of the movies. Mm. Um, And, you know, some people didn't believe me. Some people were like, oh, yeah, yeah, no. Was that a moment to be a fireball? And I was like, yes, that was the fireball. They couldn't even fucking do that. This film. So anyway, I, I like, I really fell out of love with Street Fighter in that moment. That's a Street shame. Fighter the movie. That's a shame. Yeah. 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 So um, that was, uh, yeah, that was the, the moment that's haunted me until we've, this cathartic moment where I've got to, to speak on it here on this podcast and... <laughs> Really get it out of my system. I don't actually mind it now, but that's for different reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, this whole film I don't mind now, but that's, you know, for, for new reasons. I've found a new appreciation for it. That's good. It is good. Now, there is this, this, this moment here is quite nice. Sorry, man. Can't play no more. Conductor failed meltdown. Evacuate. Evacuate. All personnel proceed to main entrance level immediately. DJ! Why are you out of uniform? The enemies of peace and freedom are at our walls. Are you totally demented, man? Our boss is the enemy of freedom and peace. These people have come from all over the world to stop him. If you're smart, you'll save your own ass. General Bison! He's a bad guy. If you know this, then why do you serve him? Because he paid me a freaking fortune, you moron. You got paid? Nice little dolly in on him as well. Yeah. Magical character moment. Poor Zangief. Just a big idiot. We saw this in the trailer. Yes. This is the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is legitimately the last frame of the movie almost so is this is the amazing spider-man 2 that's what they do they do that as well yeah unfortunately so (laughs) that's rad man that's really cool (laughs) so 
I got so I got issues. Ken's little arms up the front there. <laughs> God, leave Ken alone, man. So I got some issues. So I've got so many issues, but I didn't know they played this in the trailer. Right. They played the final, the literal final victory moment. Yeah. In the trailer. I mean, what, did you think the good guys weren't going to win? Still, it seems like, you know, there's there's just some things you don't do. And one mm. of them is play the very final moment of the film in the trailer before you've watched the film. I think Amazing Spider-Man 2 did it worse, where they showed the beginning of a fight as the final, f- like, yeah. shot of the movie itself so not only did it suck as a finish because it was like oh he's gonna face a rhino yeah cool yeah it was also in the trailer and so not only do you see the end of the movie in the trailer and you've seen the trailer and you go i'm waiting for that bit but then you also (laughs) have the movie and you finally get to it and you go oh cool he's gonna fight oh no credits yeah that's the ultimate rug pull there yeah there is one final moment in this film you think this is the final moment it's not the final moment isn't it you thought that too. Yeah, is there a post-credits or something? Or? There is a Marvel post-credits scene. Ooh. And it's actually pretty fucking good. Okay, okay, this is new. I'm I'm learning this alongside the audience. Um, I was really impressed by this, because obviously I thought there was no chance there'd be a post-credits scene. No, I switched it off before that. Um, but thankfully, uh, because uh, I can um, skip things in a way that I couldn't. So when I went to see this at movies, I did not wait. You were home by the time the credits. Oh, so man, angry. I was angry. I was oh. like, you know, my mum's like, what's wrong, son? Didn't you like the movie? No, mum, because I did a fireball. It didn't work out properly. Yeah. So that that was, anyway. But while this, while I was at home um, stewing about the <laughs> inauthenticity of this film. For 30 years. For 30 years. <laughs> 20, only 29. Only oh. 29. Um, this was going on. Solar batteries recharging. One solar battery online. One solar battery online. Attempting to activate system. System activated. Good morning, General Bison. What is your menu choice for today? He chose world domination in his Windows, like, three computer menu. He picked out of his computer menu world domination, which is an option. So I had read about that right i think i just went oh, i think there's a post-credits thing i've read about it i don't need to see it so i was did. aware i was you aware did of, wow, it's great i could have gone without it but <laughs> come on if you the, don't select world domination out of your windows three fucking software it's a replay too so i guess he already tried that yeah he did yeah didn't work so what's he gonna do again with no, again. none of the resources he doesn't have his 20 cent piece like well, how's he gonna do it yeah. So I think the argument can be made of whether that is insensitive or not. That's what they were like tossing up. Is is it insensitive to go, ah, oh, the character could be back despite the fact that Raul Julia had passed, passed away. away. And in fact, they wrote a tribute like in loving memory of him. Yes. 
at the beginning of those credits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Nice little touching thing because apparently he was amazing to work with. Yeah. And now that we've gone through all of it, exhaustively gone through that <laughs> comprehensively. Movie, we covered it comprehensively. I, That's what I have you guys some, want. Some trivia. Some facts. Great. Also, is it what you want? Who knows? Let us know. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to list them in the order that we've got them. I think they may they make sense in order of. Okay. Yeah. So the director. Let's go back to him. Oh Steven. yeah. Let's talk about him. So he's worked on lots of things. Uh, Die Hard, Die Hard Two, Commando, Judge Dredd, all the movies your dad loves. Forty eight hours. This is the only one he's directed. Yes. And the way he got that was there was a guy from Universal Studios who was ringing around going, hey, I need, a, I need a Street Fighter movie. I need a Street Fighter movie. Does anyone have one? And does, does anyone have a script? And he didn't, right? He didn't have a script. Yeah. And he had a meeting the next day and he needed to bring a script. So he asked old mate Steven to write one <laughs> overnight. Yeah. Could you write me an entire movie script overnight? And... He went, yeah, of course I can. Yep. Sure. Can yep. I direct it, though? He went, yeah, yeah, sure. Because he just wanted more money out of it. Because if you have, you know, two roles, double yeah. paycheck, seemingly. And, yeah, that, that's how we got it. He just went, and, that's, and that script was never rewritten <laughs> until from production no, all the way through. No, it, it was <laughs> yeah. because, well, one, a lot of the casting, a lot of the budget was blown on the cast of Van Damme and Raul Julia. That was about half of it. Right. Half the budget was on those two. And probably the cocaine yeah. budget of um, Van Damme. Yeah. Cocaine and, trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, he was an asshole to work with. Just a prima donna. Terrible, terrible human being. I mean, just coked out. Yeah. The attack by stealth jet boat. Do you know why they used a stealth jet boat? No. So he even clarifies. He says, an aerial assault is impossible. He never clarifies in the movie. They mm. just go, ah, oh, yeah. Uh, an aerial assault is impossible because the Thai government wouldn't allow them to use Fly. the helicopters and whatnot yeah. to film yeah. those. They just went, oh, it's impossible. It's a boat. Yeah, because they were filming in Thailand, which is, I think, why Ken looked so sick because it was just really hot and yeah. the food didn't go down well with them. Yeah. That's why it yeah, just looked... Yeah, well, with this gaunt little... Uh, what did you call them? Buggy whip arms. Buggy whip arms. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Ken should have worked out for the film, no doubt, because... Yeah. Or they should have cast someone who had worked out better. Yeah, yeah, one of the two, because it's not like they were casting him based on his name. No. Or his acting. No. Or I'm... his charisma. No. <laughs> so, they, so I'm not sure what they were. Uh, um, and not his authenticity with a uh, blonde bowl cut either. So I think they cast him because he doesn't. If someone rocked up with a bowl cut, they're not hiring him, no matter how buff or good at acting he is. So I will say about Stephen D- D- D'Souza, D'Souza, mm-hmm. uh, he has essentially written, like, I'm speaking specifically of Die Hard in 48 Hours, two star-making films, two stone-cold classics, which launched the careers of Bruce Willis and Eddie Murphy. Yes. And are incredibly good films that are infinitely rewatchable. Yes. <laughs> so, and he's got a great track record mm-hmm. if you look at him as a writer. As a writer. But... And now, obviously, after this, he didn't direct. He did direct one other film. No, it doesn't. Uh, Is it worth uh, direct to TV? Nah, like oh, called Possessed yeah. or something. Yeah. And and that was like uh, six years later, right? right. Um, he went to Director's Jail after this. Uh, and Director's Jail, for those who don't know, is essentially where you get put when you've made a film that is commercially not very successful, and perhaps also critically not successful but mainly commercially actually 
you know, and and essentially they say, I'm in director's jail, which means you can't get another film up to direct. Like people won't trust you. Studios won't trust you to direct a film anymore. And so that's where he went. But it's just so weird that he could be such a great writer. Such a great writer. Mm-hmm. He also wrote this. <laughs> yes. Overnight. <laughs> he, he wrote this overnight, but it didn't get better. It didn't get like all these other great films that he was writing at the time. Mm. Well, the reason for that is also Capcom. Interference. So much interference. They mm. had a very tight deadline. Yeah. Uh, they said it has to be released December 1994. Right. It has to be. Yeah. Um, whether it's finished or not. And they had final say on every decision. And so what can you do then? It's not his movie in that case. So he wrote the script. He didn't include some characters. Well, he wrote more in-depth stuff for some. And mm. Capcom said, like, no, you have to put T-Hawk in there. He's vital. Someone is paying to see T-Hawk in this movie. Some little 11-year-old kid is expecting T-Hawk. Some little 11-year-old kid ruined this movie by expecting and demanding T-Hawk. Be Multiple. It. Fuck you, little kid. Look, we went to see it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Capcom interference, so you're, your mate, the one you kept banging on about, Sawada. <laughs> yeah, the guy I never recognised nor acknowledged it at all. Yep. Uh, it was, I've put a Japanese guy who had every single line dubbed. Or every line except for the ones he spoke in Japanese. Those were the only ones that weren't dubbed over. So Capcom insisted this actor was in this movie. I'm not can't remember his name. He's obviously not noteworthy, at least here. Uh, they just insisted he was in the movie. They went, yep, we need his own character. He's going to be a megastar. You have to put him in there. He's so charismatic. He's so, you know, he's an action star and he's going to be a big thing. Put him in the movie. Or actually don't get a movie. And that's Sawada. So they put him in. Sawada. <laughs> the elusive, the mysterious Sawada. Yeah, okay. So you're saying that probably Capcom ruined this movie. Definitely. Because they insisted T-Hawk, Dalsam, and Blanca were all part of it. They had to have every member of the core roster. It's kind of crazy that, yeah, they wouldn't trust the man that wrote all these great things to kind of write something good but it does explain so much yeah i think a lot of you know directors will get all of the flack of a movie yes when they you know they don't realize there's so many moving parts that they don't have control over sometimes it is the director's fault you know yeah absolutely they can't all just be let off but that's it's a big one when things like this Uve bowl. <laughs> can't let them off the hook no. <laughs> you cannot let them off the hook um now we should also mention uh, <laughs> That they did a bad adaptation mm-hmm. of this movie back into a video game. Yes. Called Street Fighter the Movie. Yes. Which is not a Street Fighter game, but a subpar Mortal Kombat ripoff mm. featuring graphics more akin to Mortal Kombat with like the characters from the movie is subpar is he the like palette swap of <laughs> sub-zero subpar, subpar <laughs> is uh yeah sub-zero's cousin yeah and this fucking terrible knockoff yeah and what's crazy about it is whereas when um video games become movies mm-hmm. uh they come out terrible hence the concept of this podcast Otherwise, it would be called Radaptation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if, they were, if they were good. However, they had a really good video game to start with. Yes. 
that they then turned into a really shit video game based off a really shit movie based off their really good video game. Yeah. So Street Fighter, the movie, the game. <laughs> and so the video game curse transferred from the movie back to the game they made about yeah. this movie, like The Grudge. Yes. Exactly like The Grudge. So I... I'll, I've got a recommendation about something to do with Street Fighter, the movie, the game okay. uh, later on as well. As long as it's not play it, because I have played it and know yes, it is not you've good. You've got an arcade I've machine. I've got an arcade machine that's got thousands of games on it. It's not just that no, game. Oh, I wish it was. Let's, be, let's be very clear. It's got many, many games. It's got all the Street Fighters on it or all the Street Fighters up to like Street Fighter 3 or something. Yeah. And it, I just happened to completely by accident randomly scroll through and I was like, Street Fighter, the the movie, the game, what? Yeah. And then I opened it up and... Yeah. Uh, Dalsim's not in that because, you know, they're not going to get that guy to do it. And also T-Hawk's not in it because he just didn't turn up. <laughs> so they didn't get any footage of him. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, if you like little facts like that, there's some in the uh, the video I'll, uh, I'll recommend in a bit. Okay. But so with the haphazard putting together of this movie. So a lot of it, unfortunately, is because of Raul Julia's condition mm. as part of it. Because when he showed up, how they typically would, you know, order how they're going to film things uh, was affected by it because they were going to shoot M. Bison's less intensive scenes first. And then, you know, they do the fight scenes later on and they'd have time to train for them. But when they saw him, they went, oh, he looks so sunken and skinny. Yeah. He needed to go and put on weight. For the close-up shots. Mm. So then they went, oh, let's shoot all the action scenes first so they can cover him up in his big costume, not so close up on his face looking quite gaunt. Yeah. But then all the other actors also had to learn, learn their fight scenes quite quickly, sometimes hours beforehand. And in some scenes, when you've got Ryu flipping with a real sharp knife, yep. not a prop knife, yep. that's why he's not doing anything fancy. He's holding it by the handle yep. and flipping it round. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's dangerous things like that. That's why the fight scenes are so shit. That that does explain a lot. Yeah. Now, like wh which would you choose? Because I would choose differently as a kid as I would now. Would you choose, mm -hmm. uh, Raul Julia not being in this film, or good fight scenes? Well, that's better fight scenes. Yeah. Not necessarily good. Good by nineteen ninety four standards. Were yeah. there good fight scenes? There's good action movies. But are they good fight scenes? Well, they are in Hong Kong cinema, there is. This is not Hong Kong cinema, though. No, it's not. Uh, Western cinema had not quite no. adapted that no, kind of not. style yet. Uh, I don't know when they did. I guess what? The Matrix? Yeah. <laughs> God, that's late, isn't it? That took so long. Yeah. God, usually... But only five years between that and this film. Yeah. Anyway, so you, uh, I'd pick Raul Julia anyway. Like now? So, yeah, like as in, I'd, I'd say, okay, I accept the shitty fight scenes yep. because the one shining beacon of light in this film is this, is this man and his performance and M. Bison. So I sacrificed my 11-year-old self to great disappointment mm -hmm. uh, for, for 29 years. Uh, so I can have this moment now where I go, hey, it was good acting, though. <laughs> God, it really was Tuesday, wasn't it? Uh, in 2003, Van Damme was working on a sequel, which thankfully never came to light. Really? Yeah. Uh, could have starred Dolph Lundgren, who, to me, 
seems more like a guile. Yeah. But instead, that was scrapped in favor of the Street Fighter Chun-Li movie. Wow. So when I said, unfortunately, he was working on a... It's unfortunate that anything further was done. Yeah. Mm. Very unfortunate. Yeah. Some people have asked, hey, why don't you cover (laughs) games based off movies? One, they're all very fucking expensive, unlike these that we buy. Yeah. And, like, there's so many. I don't want to play Thor. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to play The Chronicles of Riddick. Oh, my God. I don't want to play that. I'd rather watch Street Fighter. Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, not, not doing it. Um, yeah, that's the other thing. We don't have time to do that. We yeah. don't have time to play anything. But, yeah, yeah. Recording. And yeah. There. No, go, there's other people who have done that. Yeah. <laughs> nobody's done this before. No, this, done, is, this is really... Nobody's, this is, <laughs> nobody's done film reviews before. We, no one's ever done it before. Yeah. <laughs> Never happened. Yeah. Uh, also, when I say M. Bison, yeah. who do you think of? What do you mean? Someone that kind of rhymes with that, that perhaps that name was based on. Mike Tyson? Yeah. Oh, that's right. They swapped the names, didn't they? They did, yes. So, in Japan, uh, Balrog, the American boxer, as we know him. Is M. Bison. Is M. Bison. Like Mike Tyson. Uh, And M. Bison is called Vega. That's right. And Vega, the Spanish ninja, is called Balrog. That's all very confusing now. Isn't it? I think Vega suits him. Suits the Spanish guy. It sounds yeah. kind of Vega yeah, Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Balrog also, to me, because I know Balrog from Lord of the Rings. Big yeah, big thing. kind you of burly. So the reason they did it is because they went, oh, are we going to be sued by Mike Tyson? Yeah. And then he was like, he didn't give a shit. And no. he, he was actually like, oh, that's that's very flattering. Thank you. Right. For immortalizing oh, my yeah. likeness and that. And so they kind of just did it for no reason, really. But, they did it before asking. Right. They could have just asked, hey, do you mind if we do this? And he well. Could, it's better to beg forgiveness than ask permission a lot of the time. And then confuse everyone. Sure. Yeah. So we need to give this movie a rating with our world famous rating system. Yep. Uh, the 10 out of what? Yep. But first, I'll talk about how successful this movie was. Yeah. So this was the most financially successful bad adaptation <laughs> at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with only Super Mario Brothers and Double Dragon, this Having- competition. Having um, come out at that time. Yeah. That, I mean, that's not really saying a lot. Damn, I However, forgot about that Double Dragon movie. Yeah. I didn't actually, I'd never heard of it until I thought of this. Shit, idea. I think I've watched it. Yeah. Fuck, it's bad. You have to watch it again. Double, double Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> double down on that. But, okay, let's go. However, it, this is the first bad adaptation to be genuinely profitable. Right. VHS. So not really profitable box office wise. I mean, I've I've looked at the thing roughly, and it's like, okay, yeah, there's no way it's making its money back mm-hmm. by by that metric. But a twelve year old, yeah, seeing it released on VHS a year later, yeah, who had to play back the Haruken <laughs> fireball moment to prove to all his friends that it happened daily for twenty nine years, yeah, mm. uh, may have contributed to those profits. Yes, <laughs> well done, you you made this film what it was for good. <laughs> And for bad. And for ugly. Yeah. So, you want to know my rating? Yeah, what's your rating? On what's my rating? I'm going to give it, for context of my other ones, the highest rated movie I've given is 10 out of 15. Yeah. This one, I'm going to give a 10 out of 12. 
Mm. I dug this movie, man. You take mm. Dalsam and Blanca and Story, T-Hawk yeah. out of it, main. You got a great fun little romp. Yeah. yeah. I'm not looking for a great movie. I'm looking for a fun time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I give this one 10 out of 13. Ooh. I really enjoyed this. Like, I was laughing consistently throughout. Yeah. There was many, mo- I mean, look, I picked out all those moments. It was because I was enjoying it. I was just like, I was like, everything that I hated about this film, I now love. Yeah. Camp. <laughs> it's just, it's one, and like, you know, we've talked about a lot of Uwe Boll stuff being so bad. It's just worse. It's yes. not good. Yeah. But this is such a so bad, it's good film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is heaps and heaps of fun. And there's heaps of heaps of pure insanity. It just make it better. But I don't think it's also purely so bad it's good. There's so bad it's good mixed in with, oh, that's genuinely good. Yeah. Uh, with some of those comedic moments yeah. and yeah, M. Bison stuff, yeah. just fundamentally, mm-hmm. I mean, damn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, that, that this is top tier for me at the moment. Yeah. Recommendations. And I also recommend these to you. I'll send you some the okay. link because I think you'll be interested in these. So there's... A three-minute fan film with Ooh. a stylized fight, as this 11-year-old you would have loved this, a yep. fight between Ken and Ryu, where they hit a bunch of their signature moves. Exactly what I was hoping yep. for from this film. And a film, in a way, is a show. Yes? A three-minute show? <laughs> yeah? Are you with me on this? So it's a show about Ryu and Ken. Mm. A show Ken, one might say. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, and... Now I'm going to make a bunch more connections between things. Fuck, yep. I'm proud of that one. Yeah, <laughs> Along a, with your synopsis today. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Uh, so this three-minute film starring three people, it briefly has Akuma, who's... Was he in Street Fighter 2? No, he's in Super Street Fighter 2, which is the, the next iteration of these Street Fighter games. Uh, so, that is yeah. stupid. <laughs> fuck however that so, this well, is more confusing Ashley, than I take it back Hearts. Ashley I'm wrong because he's in Super Street Fighter 2 and Super Street Fighter 2 is called Super Street Fighter 2 The New Challenges the new challenges are Cammy, DJ T-Hawk and who wasn't in this Fei Long who was a Bruce Lee ripoff oh, he was replaced by Sawada so Sawada was uh, Fei Long no I just replaced okay. no Fei Long Sawada Probably so, uh, maybe because they would have been Bruce, Bruce uh, had some problems Mate. with the Bruce Lee. Uh, yeah, yeah. He would have been like, "Ah, I'm dead and angry." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so actually, you do actually, so you can. Akuma uh, could have been in this. Yeah, Akuma could have been in this with really shit hair. And Possibly. I mean, they used his nose, I guess, for the prosthetics of Blanca. Oh, basically. Blanca. Anyway, so Akuma is briefly in the the three minute um show where you can yep. uh, appearing for about you know a second in a, like a dream sequence. Ryu's thinking about him. And he's played by Joey Ansar, who starred in the Bourne Ultimatum, mm-hmm. the sequel to that, mm-hmm. the Bourne Legacy. Mm-hmm. Joey Ansar went on to direct Street Fighter Legacy. It was this three-minute film, which then he led on to him directing Street Fighter's Assassin's Fist, which is a movie we'll cover, and its sequel, Street Fighter Resurrection. Both live-action based around Ken and Ryu. And thanks for that, little fanboy. Damn. Mm. Oh, and Ryu, in that, is played by John Fu, who goes on to play Jin in the Tekken movie. Lots I of, forgot there's a Tekken of... movie. Yeah, I'm not looking just... forward to that. Hmm. <laughs> you know there's also a Paul W.S. Anderson Mortal Kombat movie, so oh, you're in for a treat. That's, that, that's, that's good, though. That's... 
Yeah, and there's also uh, a like twenty minute video by Matt McMuscles who does great uh, a great video series called Wahapa, which originally was about just you know things famous things that had a really bad production or just took ages to come out. Like what happened? What was so bad about getting this made? Mm. And his video is about Street Fighter the movie, the game. Street Fighter the game, the movie, the game, the disaster, the game, the video. So it is about the game yes. based on the movie. Yes, it is. I look forward to watching that. Very comprehensive. Any other recommendations? I recommend that we spin the wheel and okay. find out what we're going to be covering next episode. And I'll just throw in one final recommendation. Oh, yes, please. So Stephen D'Souza, D'Souza mm-hmm. has gotten a bad rap from this film. Oh. I mean, I'm as just- in if you were to only see this... And think of him, you might not think of him favorably. I do. <laughs> I like to. But we've all seen Die Hard, or most of us have seen mm-hmm. Die Hard. But I highly recommend, if you have not seen it, to go out of your way to watch 48 Hours because yeah. that's probably, I think that's a little less seen now mm-hmm. and less continuously, you know, put on television and stuff like that. But if you want to see like peak Eddie Murphy, hilarious script, great odd couple dynamic. Really, really good film. So uh, if you want to see good Stephen D'Souza, uh, if you don't consider this good, which I do, if you want to see traditional good filmmaking, <laughs> then you should probably watch 48 Hours um, as one of his things. Cool. Let's go. No. Fuck off. <laughs> No! Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li, the sequel to this. Fuck. Is it a sequel to this? No, it's not. Okay. Yeah, we'll cover that movie. We'll cover that movie specifically. We've got to do it. God damn it. More Street Fighter next week. Shit. That is that is certainly something we're going to have to do. All right. So we'll see you on the next episode for Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. See you later.